Well, hey, everybody. Hail and welcome back to another episode of Midgard Musings. My name is Jesse. Thanks so much for listening today. I uh, really appreciate everybody's support listening to these podcasts. Um, if you want to help support what I do here um, through listener support, definitely uh, check out the podcast platform on anchor.fm uh, for ways that you can support the podcast monetarily. Really appreciate it. It helps the um, podcast really grow, <clears throat> reach a lot more people, get more people engaged and involved. And I'm sorry for the crackling of the mic. Let me see if I can fix that real quick. All right. So um, also please check out uh, the uh, YouTube channel for Midgard Musings, youtube.com slash Midgard Musings, and also come and join in the Facebook community at facebook.com slash Midgard Musings TN. I do upload weekly content on the YouTube channel. Weekly videos go up on Sunday nights, and then I go live on the Facebook page Sunday nights as well, around 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, so wherever you are in the world, if you can join in the live discussion, would love to have you there. Um, and so if you don't want to miss anything, if you like and follow the page, you should get notified when I go live. And then on the YouTube channel, just uh, click the subscribe button and there's a bell notification that you can click that will notify you every time I upload new content. So when uh, what we're going to be talking about today is that, you know, a lot of heathens coming into this path, maybe newer heathens, folks that are just starting to get into this whole thing. Um, are, I, I see a lot of questions circulate around online about, you know, how do I set up my altar? What should I put on it? What should I do um, to, you know, uh, create this space? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, first of all, what an altar is, um, and second of all, why we have them. And uh, <clears throat> lastly, not least important, is maybe how you can set up your own uh, altar, okay? So... Uh, to start with, an altar, okay, is exactly what you might think. It is a sacred space dedicated to your practice as a heathen. Um, you will we'll oftentimes see items such as candles, um, uh, images or statues of various gods or goddesses, um, other items. Um, you might have an uh you know, various uh, uh, herbs or, um, you know, every heathen's altar is different. I don't think you'll ever see two altars exactly alike. Um, <clears throat> and especially coming from a Norse uh, Norse heathen or Germanic pagan um, approach, you know, sometimes you'll see altars that are focused on um, a specific deity um, or you know, have have a certain motto or a certain uh, kind of aesthetic to it that's focused on a certain or specific thing. Um, the the historical parts of of altars or, or sacred spaces um, goes back to Proto-Germanic times when you would see um, or, or or there would exist a space outdoors specifically um, called a uh, a horger, um, and it's an old Norse word <clears throat> that means um, an altar or sanctuary, some, some, some somewhat of a sacred space, some sort of holy, uh, sacred area that is set aside for uh, spiritual purposes, right? For your spiritual practices. 
the uh, the Holger was quite often just a um, as far as what looks um, was quite usually just like a a, a pile of stones um, at least coming from the uh, the Norse Germanic areas um, the uh, and again it was it was outdoors it was uncovered and uh, again it was it was used to leave offerings to the gods or to the land vizier. Um, it was quite different uh, as um, in comparison to what is called a hof, um, which is basically a, a temple. It's a, a roofed hall where you had other spiritual uh, workings performed and done in, uh, <clears throat> in, a, in, a, in a more sheltered environment, right? Now, that's what an altar is. Um, it, and, and so the reason why uh, we have them as, as pagans is, at least for me, um, is there's the need to um, sort of create that connection between us um, and the profane realm of, of Midgard, um, <clears throat> a place where we can sort of connect to our deities and connect from the profane to the sacred, a, a place where we can leave our physical gifts um, and offerings to the gods and to our uh, to the whites of the home and the land and the and our and our ancestors, um, and and some and some some heathens you'll, you you may see uh, or, or or find out that some are uh, have multiple altars in their home uh, or in their living area. You may have a heathen who has an altar dedicated strictly and specifically to let's say you know Thor. For instance, just as an example, and nothing on their altar uh, has anything to do with anything except Thor. You know, so you may see hammers, you may see um, pieces of oak or acorns or other things that are associated with, you know, Thor. You know, the, the things of thunder, lightning, strength. You know, um, various things like that nature. Whatever this person. Uh, may associate Thor with um, some of the gods. Um, you know, since Thor is, is called, uh, you know, his his red hair, uh, the color red, may be something that many heathens associate Thor uh, to, and they will have things of red color, um, either dyed or painted or what have you, um, placed or on or about the altar, right? And then other altars may be. Uh, cons consisting of things dedicated specifically to their ancestors, an ancestral altar where you'll see um, items of, you know, family heirlooms, um, family photos, you know, uh, pictures of uh, deceased relatives, um, things like that, things that are dedicated specifically to the ancestors. And then you may see a space. Um, or an altar that is dedicated to the whites or the spirits of the home, the Hustvetir, they're called, or the house whites. And um, so that may be something that is, uh, or that, that would be a space dedicated to something strictly for the spirits of the home, the, the, the whites of the home that live and dwell within your, your uh, you know, the roof-in roof in area of your, of your living space. And those, those altars may contain uh, uh, some sort of physical representation of what the uh, Husvetir could 
you know, so some, something that is a physical representation of, of what they are. Um, some people will use little images of, of gnomes, um, since the gnomes are very, very common in Scandinavian uh, folklore. Um, so that, that's quite often used in the uh, physical re- representation of the, uh, the Husvetir. Um, another, uh, so, so there you go. You have, you know, different altars for different purposes, depending on what type of heathen uh, you, you come across. And as you are learning to develop your individual cultic practices, you may discover that you like to adopt or follow the same thing. Maybe you just have one central space um, that you dedicate to all your ritual work. And depending on what it is that you're doing, you kind of customize or or, or adjust the uh, aesthetic of it, you know, for it. It's really going to be up to you. There's no real way set in stone. Basically, what you want to do, um, you know, when setting up your altar is setting it up as a space dedicated to and for the gods or, uh, the, you know, uh, the sacred dealings. Um, so why do we do it? Why do we have the altars? Um, and I said, like I said, we have it to have a place to leave our gifts, uh, to connect with our deities. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, uh, have a couple words from our uh, sponsor, and let you guys listen into a couple things about some uh, folks who I wish that you could go ahead and support. Um, so let's go ahead and take a quick break, and I will be back after that. So stick around. I'll talk with you shortly. All right, folks, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around and uh, listening to the rest of this episode about altars. Um, so real quick, before we uh, continue on with the discussion, I do just want to uh, make it a point of letting you know that, you know, everything I say here on this podcast and on my other platforms, the Facebook and uh, YouTube platforms, uh, you know, this is one heathen's view. This is my view on things. This is the stuff that I've kind of gathered and learned with over time and uh, I've kind of made it my own. Um, how, how I, you know, incorporate things that I've learned into my own practices. This is by no means a representation of heathenry as a whole or by any means an entire heathen worldview. It's, it's my worldview. It's, it's kind of what I adopt and practice and it works for me. So uh, keep that in mind. This is not me saying that anything. This is how it should be. It's not, this isn't canon. It doesn't work that uh, like that. So uh, bear all that in mind as you go through and listen to what I have to say, and hopefully it helps you in your uh, developing your own uh, cultic practices. So uh, before the commercial break, we uh, talked a bit about the altar aspect of what an altar is um, and why we have it or why we have them. If you are uh, for, you know, have some heathens out here who have multiple altars, altars for uh, multiple different reasons. Uh, we have, you know, God altars, uh, ancestral altars, um, white uh, altars for the house, the, the land whites, the house whites, that things. So we kind of went over all that. Um, so what we're going to talk about in this segment is kind of, um, uh, you know, what you can do to set up your, your altar or, or sacred space. Um, some ideas maybe that you can, you know, toss around and you know, play with a little bit as you uh, develop the space that you want to develop. Um, and, and another fun thing, too, is as, as you as you develop uh, as a heathen and as you grow, so will your altar, at least in my in my case, 
it has. You know, the way my altar looked when I first set it up is not the same as it looks today. Um, it's sort of grown, it's evolved. There's different things on it that um, have been added to. There's some things on it that have been taken away. So don't be surprised if as you grow um, as a heathen that your altar space will sort of evolve uh, and grow as you are. Um, so how do you set up an altar? You know, what what can you do to set an altar up? Um, so first of all, I think one of the biggest things that you need to um, sort of uh, start with is figure out where your altar is going to be. And that's going to depend largely on the space that you have available in your home or apartment or whatever your living arrangements are. Um, and so that will depend on how big and or elaborate <clears throat> you make your altar to be. Um, so first of all, to figure out where you want it, and you'll want to make sure that that space is um, private enough and um, not necessarily um, out in the open. I have seen instances in, in some homes um, where people have their altar in a very common area. Um, I mean, and I think that'll probably be personal preference and, and how things work for that individual and working with their, with their, you know, with the gods and, and, and their own uh, individual cultic practices. But I personally feel that it's a sacred space between you and the gods and who you invite um, to that sacred space or, or who sees that sacred space space should be left up to you alone. It's, it, you know, if it's in a common area where everybody gathers or sees it, um, I feel that there is something that's being taken away from its sacredness. But again, that's just me. Um, so once you've figured out where your altar is going to be, you'll want to get something to set these items on, your altar items. It could be a, a small table. It could be a bench. It could be a mantelpiece that you secure to the wall. Um, it could be anything, really, that... Um, provides you with a surface to set your items on. Um, I have a small table and uh, it can kind of, it has like leaves that expand in and out, you know, so I can, um, it, and it's fully, you know, expanded, you know, with the leaves set out. So it's, um, it's, it's at its largest uh, diameter. Um, but again, depending on the space that you have available and, and how much you want to have on your altar, You'll just need to kind of figure out, you know, what you, what surface area is going to work best for you. Um, the next thing that you'll want to do is, um, uh, or like what a lot of folks will do, is they'll have some sort of covering or cloth, uh, some sort of a tapestry maybe, or, um, you know, something that covers the surface area and um, kind of gives the a, a nice aesthetic you know it could be a colored cloth it could be white it could be have a design on it it could really be anything and it's not essential um but it is something i think that a lot of folks enjoy and, and like to incorporate because again it gives that um you know just nice aesthetic appeal so after you've gotten like a cloth so um or, or covering on there what type of things do you want to put on your altar um and again this is all going to be dependent on what this altar space is for um if it's for the gods or or for a specific god you can think about getting an uh, some sort of statue or image 
of the god or gods or goddesses that you want to honor or venerate um, and have dedicated to them. You know, you'll see a lot of folks that have uh, um, statues, uh, whether they be, you know, modern representations or uh, ancient replicas um, or replicas of ancient idols um, or statues from medieval times and predating medieval times. Um, you can quite often make your own. If you are crafty enough, you can make your own uh, wooden or um, other other materials, depending on what your craft's uh, skill level is, um, what tools you have available to you. If you don't have the tools or, or, the, or the skills set to make your own, you can readily find things online. One of the um, pe- uh, places that I mentioned during the commercial break, Odin's Beard Woodworking makes great altarpieces, wooden altarpieces um, of gods and goddesses. They have a ton of, of options. So that there's one thing that you can start with. Um, and again, if you don't want to go out and get a God pole or, or, or a piece of, uh, you know, a statue of the God itself, you can always get something that represents that God or goddess. Um, for instance, like, uh, you know, Freyr, he is a, a God of fertility, a God of, um, agriculture, the sort of the life giving, uh, aspect. And he's, uh, a lot of times represented as uh, having horns, like a like a stag or a deer, you know. So maybe you have some deer antler um, on your altar, something like that. If you want to focus on on Freyr or Thor, as I mentioned earlier, his you know association with the oak tree. Maybe you have an oak branch or acorns or things like that. So there's other things that you can put on your altar that represent the gods without necessarily showing or being seen as an actual image of one of the gods. So you have that option. It's really just kind of depending on what you want to do. Um, you'll see a lot of um, candles lit or, 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 or candle holders um, with candles on their uh, on, on altars. And fire is one of those elements that I like to incorporate within ritual because it sends the energies that you're in uh, putting into your ritual out into the sacred. I feel very um, the, I feel strongly that that's a great uh, thing to have. So maybe you get some candle holders and some, you know, some some scented or non-scented candles, and you add them to your to your altar space. Um, another thing that you can add is an, a bowl, uh, or some sort of receptacle um, for your offerings, something that can contain the liquids or or solid items, the food items that you um, want to offer to the deities or spirits that you're working with. Um, some other things um, that, you know, uh, things of nature, uh, if you have a set of runes, maybe you keep your runes on the altar space. Um, maybe you have, you know, some incense things that um, as you, you spend time at your altar that you can burn to create a pleasant aroma, something that as the fire burns from the candles it you know, the aroma carries into the flame and, and it gets sent off into the sacred, something that creates just a very um, welcoming presence. Um, because again, it's, it's your sacred space and your time with the gods and goddesses. And you want to create an inviting area, some, some place that you would feel welcome to, to, uh, to join someone in company with. Um, and, and having said that, you know, one of the other parts of this is to um, 
have things set up in an aesthetically pleasing way, which is why I said earlier, you know, maybe you set things up um, with, uh, you know, a towel or, or a blanket or something like that. So um, something that gives a good aesthetic appeal. So in the meantime, I want you guys to think about that. We're going to take another break, let our uh, words from our sponsors come through, and I will be back to finish this up and talk with you soon. Thanks again for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for the patience and the uh, enduring with me on this uh, this episode, talking about altar spaces and things like that. We're covering a lot today um, in terms of the what's, the why's, the how's, the where's, all different kinds of, of stuff that uh, relate to our altar space. What we talked about at the beginning of the episode was, you know, what an altar is, what the sacred space uh, is, and then, then we talked a bit about why we do it and uh, why we have them and what their purpose is and how a you know how they can help us connect and you know talk with our gods and goddesses the spirits of the land the home our ancestors even the different kinds of altars that you can have or um, come across uh, that you may see or encounter all that fun stuff and then in, before the break we talked a bit about the uh, you know how or what we can add to our altars and, and how to set one up um, so to kind of add on to that, you know, um, we talked about, about making them an aesthetically pleasing space. Think about, you know, if you were invited to come over to somebody's house and this was maybe your first time ever being there. Um, you've kind of gotten to know this person and they invite you over. Uh, you come over to their home and everything is in like this just state of disarray. Um, things aren't very clean. They're not kept up. There's, you know, a weird odor. Uh, just, just things that generally make your experience there not the greatest, you know. So you come by, you, you know, you, you spend time with them, and then you leave, and that left an impression on you. So if they were to invite you back to that space, you know, um, would you be so inclined as to want to take them up on that? invitation probably not now if you if your first experience to this person's home is is a pleasant one you go there you see like you know their their home is kept up nicely there aren't you know dishes piled up in the sink there's you know the home is is clean um it, it has just a really welcoming presence to it um you're way more likely to uh come back if you're invited to come back and you'd be much happier um to, to be uh, to accept that invitation it's kind of the way I see how altar spaces are you are creating a space a meeting point for the sacred to come and spend time with you whether it be your ancestors or the whites of the home or the gods you know you want to create a space that when they see it and when they come by and when they experience it that it is welcoming and pleasant it's going to and you know maybe they'll be more inclined to want to return when you invite them back again and again and again uh, as often as you may be so inclined to do okay so uh, keep that in mind as you build your altar there is no right or wrong way you can do uh, research on historical uh, horgers the, the outdoor stone altars and see how you know there wasn't anything very elaborate about it. a lot of times it was just a pile of stones kind of stacked up um, sometimes you may see ones that are a bit more elaborate. There's a bit more 
care and time put into how they look and see a lot of that's just going to be the how the person sets things up how they've set you know their their that space uh to to look and so that's how it's going to be for you how do you want your altar to look how do you want it to appear um don't be discouraged if when you set it up the first time it looks maybe a little bit bare maybe there's aren't you know there aren't things on it that you want there to be um you can add things to it as you go you know handmade items purchased items from places like odin's beard woodworking um other you know uh, heathen's greetings uh us is another one who i actually haven't mentioned in podcasts before um but hopefully i'll uh this will be like a reminder for not just you guys but for me to to add some information about that you can go to uh facebook and search heathens greetings us and it's a etsy store uh the fella uh jim olifson out of uh out there in north carolina uh he ships worldwide as far as i know and um i have a a tea light uh candle uh it's a three tea light candle holder that he made uh for me on my altar it was a gift and it's handmade and it's one of the altar items that i keep and um it, it's a part of my um altar uh, rituals um all the time you know so there's things like that if you're not so uh, skillfully inclined to make things on your own there's there's definitely uh folks out there that uh you can do business with and who can make things that are just going to be wonderful on your altar spaces so um you know just kind of to you know to, to sum it all up you know you, what you want to do is first of all decide where you want your altar what do you want your altar to be for um and then dedicate that space to just the things that surround your spirituality and and the path that you're you know pursuing you don't want to contaminate it with anything else other than that it definitely needs to be something that is set aside and devoted to your spiritual work and your your faith and your practices. So figure out where you want it to be, decide what you want it to look like, build it, allow it to grow and and build as you are are growing and as you are building up as a heathen yourself. Um if you guys have any questions or want to bounce anything off me, have any ideas, definitely feel free to reach out to me by emailing midgardmusings tn at gmail.com i try to respond to those emails as quickly as i can uh you can also drop me a message on the facebook page um or leave comments down in the youtube videos um which i always try to at least acknowledge and or reply to um as i'm able uh check out all the video descriptions um in the uh, youtube settings there uh, underneath all of the videos you'll see various ways that you can support midgard musings you can donate to the channel via PayPal or coffee uh you can buy me a coffee uh there's a cool website there where you uh send $3 to quote buy me a coffee uh there's a Teespring and Redbubble store which has t-shirts, sweatshirts, other various uh merchandise items, all the sales uh I get a commission of those and that helps um support the channel. You can also support the channel through anchor.fm uh through listener support. So check out ways um on the various podcast platforms if you can uh donate to the, to the podcast monetarily it's appreciated it helps the podcast grow and get out into the ears and eyes of heathens all over the world um thank you guys and gals so much for listening to today's podcast i hope that it's been somewhat helpful for you uh, so until next time hail may your ancestors smile on you 
and may the gods continue to walk with you.